A map in a mirror. That's how we can view the life and legacy of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. We can look to Archbishop Sheen's faithful witness to the Lord as a guide, helping us to better share our faith with others. And we can hold up our own faithful witness to the Lord, asking how our lives might better reflect Jesus to a world so in need of Him. Well, I'm Monica Yelly. I am the editor of Mission Magazine, which is the magazine that Archbishop Sheen started. Fulton Sheen had a fire in his belly for the missions, a real burning passion for it that motivated you. My deepest interest in life has been the missions of the church and the Society for the Propagation of the Faith. The Holy Father begs you for sacrifices and offerings, and these he distributes every year to Africa and many other places in the world to do everything to bring souls to Christ. To find out more about the faithful witness of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, visit FultonSheenMission.org. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Cross and the Crib radio podcast, a program where we feature the writings of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Over many years, Bishop Sheen wrote a number of reflections pertaining to the seven last words our Lord spoke from the cross. It is my desire that this reflection will awaken in you a love for the passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, while at the same time giving you the desire to practice virtue. Today we will share with you a reflection given by Bishop Sheen in the year 1933 when he penned the book, The Seven Last Words. And today's reflection is under the title of Woman, Behold Your Son. And so Bishop Sheen writes, An angel of light went out from the great white throne of light and descended over the plains of Esterlan, past the daughters of the great kingdoms and empires, and came to where a humble virgin of Nazareth knelt in prayer and said, Hail, full of grace. These were not words They were the Word, and the Word became flesh. This was the first annunciation. Nine months passed, and once more an angel from the great white throne of light came down to shepherds on Judean hills, teaching them the joy of a gloria in excelsis, and bidding them worship him whom the world could not contain a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Eternity became time, divinity incarnate, God a man. Omnipotence was discovered in bonds. In the language of St. Luke, Mary brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger. This was the first nativity. Then came Nazareth and the carpenter shop, where one can imagine the divine boy, straightened until baptized, with a baptism of blood, fashioned a little cross in anticipation of a great cross that would one day be his on Calvary. 
One can also imagine him in the evening of a day of labor at the bench, stretching out his arms in exhausted relaxation, while the setting sun traced on the opposite wall the shadow of a man on a cross. One can too imagine his mother seeing in each nail the prophecy and the telltale of the day when men would carpenter to a cross the one who carpented the universe. Nazareth passed into Calvary, and the nails of the shop into the nails of human malignity. From the cross he completed his last will and testament. He had already committed his blood to the church, his garments to his enemies, a thief to paradise, and would soon commend his body to the grave and his soul to his heavenly Father. To whom, then, would he give the two treasures which he loved above all others, Mary and John? He would bequeath them to one another, giving at once a son to his mother and a mother to his friend. Woman. It was the second Annunciation, the midnight hour, the silent room, the ecstatic prayer, had given way to the Mount of Calvary, the darkened sky, and his son hanging on a cross. Yet what consolation! It was only an angel who made the first annunciation, but it is God's own sweet voice which makes the second. Behold your son! It was the second nativity. Mary had brought forth her firstborn without labor, in the cave of Bethlehem. She now brings forth her second-born, John, in the labors of the cross. At this moment, Mary is undergoing the pains of childbirth, not only for her second-born, who is John, but also for the millions who will be born to her in Christian ages as children of Mary. Now we can understand why Christ was called her firstborn. It was not because she was to have other children by the blood of flesh, but because she was to have other children by the blood of her heart. Truly, indeed, the divine condemnation against Eve is now renewed against the new Eve, Mary, for she is bringing forth her children in sorrow. Mary, then, is not only the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but she is also our mother, and this is not by a title of courtesy, not by legal fiction, not by a mere figure of speech, but by the right of bringing us forth in sorrow at the foot of the cross. It was by weakness and disobedience at the foot of the tree of good and evil that Eve lost the title, Mother of the Living. It is at the foot of the tree of the cross that Mary, by sacrifice and obedience, regained for us the title, Mother of the Living. What a destiny to have the Mother of God as my mother and Jesus as my brother. Words penned by Fulton J. Sheen in the year 1933 in the book entitled The Seven Last Words. People ask me, why did you name the podcast The Cross and the Crib? 
Well, as you can hear by the words of Fulton Sheen, that Calvary is a nursery. It is that moment when Jesus said to Mary, Woman, behold your son, and to St. John, Son, behold your mother. It is there that we become children of Mary. It is there that we uh, receive an adoption, a special adoption. And so again, Calvary is a nursery, and this is why we call it the crib. So now you know the story behind the title of this podcast. But when I think about Our Lady, and I think about our Lord and His love for her, should we not have the same love? I ponder on Judgment Day if one of the questions that God will ask us is, How did you treat my mother? Did you respect her? Did you give her a reverence that was due to her? We are accountable to Jesus our Lord to answer that question well. Maybe we can ponder that today. How do we treat our Lord's Mother? Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace.